We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 17, part two of my interview with Fidel Montero. I am your host, Jethro Jones, and I'm so happy you could join us tonight, today, whenever you're listening to it. That's cool. I'm really excited to finish this conversation with Fidel because he is truly inspiring. I am so fortunate to have been able to learn from him, and as I learn more about him, I become more and more impressed. He really is a great human being and a wonderful leader. You're going to enjoy this episode because he's going to talk about the things that he does at his school to counsel teacher leaders and put them in their areas of strength. What that really means is that he's not afraid to look at how he could do things differently and restructure someone's contract to ensure that they're getting an opportunity to be the best that they can be. That kind of stuff is really exciting to me. He's going to talk about how he evaluates himself and the uh, initiatives that he implements and how he um, gets feedback from teachers. He's also going to answer my usual questions of what you can be do to be a transformative principal as well as what motivates him that is in his office. Um, one of the great things that I like about what he says in a very um, general matter-of-fact way is how he responds when people complain about being overworked. There's no condescension in his voice. And it's just a very great answer that uh, that he has. So I hope you enjoy this. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, SaneBox, for uh, supporting the show. You can go to SaneBox.com or click on the link in the show notes to get more information about how to make your inbox sane again. If you like this show, please feel free to give me some feedback on Twitter or on Facebook or on iTunes by leaving a review, or leaving a review on Stitcher Radio, where you can also listen to this. Hey, 
Um, so school reform. Holly Pedersen in EBL, she suggested that I talk to you about how you cancel counsel teachers to their strengths and the skill sets that they have to put them in a better position. That was pretty much all she told me. So I hope you uh, you understand how you do that. She said that's one of your great skills. My great skill. <laughs> how I counsel teachers and put them in their areas of strength. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, I'd have to talk with Holly in more detail, <laughs> you know, to understand. I mean, I'm glad she's recognizing something that I'm doing as a positive thing. But I just... Um, what I try to do, I mean, I feel that the role of the principal is really to, um, you, you're really trying to maximize people's potential, right? Mm -hmm. You're, and, and as a principal, unfortunately, you're maximizing your, the, the potential of the adults. You know, the teacher's maximizing the potential of the students, and you're trying to maximize the potential of the adults. So to that end, I really have tried to position people uh, and put them in, in positions here at our school where, where I could really maximize their strengths, right? So case in point, um, we didn't have a data analyst here at our school, and there was a teacher here who's who's really a dynamic uh, or you know organizer. She really has a passion for data. Um, she is a good thinker. So what I did is I restructured her contract so she became my data analyst, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what that's that's what she's doing, right? She's she, and 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 we're we're shifting the tide, right? Um, in terms of how we look at data in our school and what type of uh, resources we're utilizing and so forth, right? So that's one example. I mean, we didn't have an instructional coach, right? So I wanted to create a framework for us to have instructional coaches in our school. So um, through, uh, you know, a collaborative effort with EBL, we we brought together, we, we uh, identified a teacher who could become an instructional coach for us, and we became the first high school to have one, right? Mm -hmm. And... and um, and I'm really trying to empower that teacher so that she's able to, you know, be a real meaningful coach, right? Um, I, you know, the way we structure our, our EBL team, I really felt that like our department chairs needed to be, they were going to be department chairs and you, they really needed to be, you know, sort of curriculum leaders, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I merged our department structure with our, with our, um, with our, uh, gosh, I'm, BLT. BLT. I was going to say BL, with our BLT. And, and that's sort of become one, right? And we're, you know, I've been deliberate about saying if you're a part of the BLT, you're, you're, you're a, you know, you're a team leader, right? You're a, you're a school leader. Um, I've hired, you know, through my hiring, I've brought people on with different strengths that I really felt that, hey, you know what, this is something that we could benefit from. Uh, with both in the classroom, I felt we brought on some really incredible teachers who, who I've been really deliberate about selecting in terms of their attitudes and so forth, right? Um, one of my assistant principals, she had 13 years of experience as a high school principal. And uh, when I hired her, I had two, mm -hmm. right? So... Um, in fact, no, I had one. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, some principals might have been intimidated by bringing somebody on board who, you know, could, could run circles around you in terms of experience, right. right? But I was like, man, listen, she can bring some strength to, to the leadership team that we really could benefit from and experience. And, and you know, we've forged a really good relationship because I think that's the, that's the start of any good leadership team, right? And, right. man, I feel that that's been a huge asset for this school, for me personally. Um, so those are all sort of examples, right? I mean, I can, you know, talk about more, right? I mean, creating a professional development team mm -hmm. uh, that looks at 
critically at our, the, the planning of our professional development. And I brought in like our media center coordinator because she, in fact, she's somebody we hired. Well, she came here from Holly's office, you know, Jenny. Uh, uh-huh, yeah. yeah, so Jenny wanted to, um, you know, she, EBL thing wasn't working out for her, at least, you know, from a time standpoint. And man, I snatched her up in a heartbeat. And, yeah, you know, she, well you should. she's, she's awesome. been a huge contributor to her school. So I make sure that she's on committees. That I mean, she's our media center, you know, specialist. Uh, but, you know, she, she plays a critical role, right? I have a, I have a team that um, does this group, this team of teachers, I call them, um, they uh, they function as sort of, I tell them that they're my third-party consulting group, right, that evaluates all the practices that we're doing as a school, right? So I kind of, you know, we adhere to um, uh, Michael Barber's philosophy of uh, deliberology. I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Barber, but he's no, a... Uh, I'd love to. Uh, Sounds interesting. He's an English guy who, uh, really great thinker about, you know, school reform. You should look him up, um, oh, read his, some of his stuff. But he's got this whole idea, right, that in order for you to deliver a product, um, uh, a school, you know, outcome, that you have to have a process by which you're measuring, you know, implementation of different initiatives from their infancy to sort of their, you know, mm-hmm. when they're being carried out. But you need, as part of that, you need deliberology teams, right, who, who help with that process, who can give you a non-biased, you know, straightforward, no vanilla sort of analysis, mm-hmm. right, of, hey, this is really working well, this is not. So they sort of have been doing that, right? I really have tried to empower teachers by um, letting them play a critical role in our decision making and have a voice, right, in what we're trying to accomplish. Um, I sort of you know, set the vision of, hey, this is what we want to do, mm-hmm. and then give them some parameters by which they can then come in and work and really contribute and provide insights. I mean, we've delivered, we've organized um, an advisory period, right, to support the transition of our freshmen, and not just our freshmen, but that's going to be the base for our intervention mm-hmm. system, right? And that's been really teacher-built, teacher-led, you know, with my influence, obviously, but I sort of right. orchestrated, right, I don't know, micromanage it. Right. And I've, but there's a lot there that yeah. I just, you know. <laughs> you said a ton. Um, at the I end, know. though, you said you gave teachers, you gave them the vision and let them implement Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. How they saw best mm-hmm. when and when they came up with ideas that weren't aligned with your vision, you brushed those off, refocused um, them, talk about that Yeah, process. so, I mean, you know, like with advisory, right? We started out with a simple premise, right? Hey, we want to find, we want to, we want to provide the best services that we can possibly provide to ninth grade students at our school. So what, so what's out there, right? So, so part of the, 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 what they were tasked to do was to actually look at literature, look at evidence of, um, you know, good practices for, to support ninth grade students. So I felt mm-hmm. that if they did that with a sense of integrity, that they that we were going to land in the same place. Right. And, and so, you know, for some of those things, I didn't have the answer because, you know, I'm not an expert in, all things educate. Right. I mean, you know, there's so much to learn, right? So we sort of walked down that journey together. And as we were discovering things, um, you know, it was just sort of an organic process that landed us in the same place, right? So um, I, I really do believe that when you when you trust, you know, people, right? When you bring the right people to the table, when you set the sort of the right vision of, hey, this is what we want to try to accomplish, I really believe that you're going to land in the same place. Now, you know, there were some things that we've learned now that we didn't that we sort of um, took missteps on, like within our advisory, you know, uh, 
we start we implemented advisory at the beginning of this year and we just completed a whole an entire sort of evaluation analysis of it right so mm -hmm. to learn what what's going well what's not and so forth and you know there's some areas where we didn't when we were planning you know we just kind of missed the boat right and um you know so now we 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 know that we're we're recharting we're mm -hmm. you know can you talk about what some of those Things were the yeah. So, for example, uh, part of our advisory period includes a lesson that the teachers teach the student. So that so the way the advisory is set up is each each student each teacher is responsible for about twenty five twenty six students, right? And each teacher each teacher across the school has an advisory, and that's their sole role is to be their the adult advocate for them here at the school. Mm -hmm. They um, as we built it into the day so that they can check with their grades, so that kids have time to do homework. We have a literacy. One of our days is a literacy day where the kids just read, and then and then one of the days was a lesson where we identified different themes that we wanted to cover with our kids that not that are not necessarily covered as part of our curriculums, you know, but some things that we felt were important things uh, that we can tie back to uh, PBIS. Uh, so this whole idea of SOAR, right? We were we're teaching our kids what SOAR is, right? What it means to be safe, organized, responsible, engaged learning and so forth right um so we used that advisory period as an avenue to do that right so lessons were part of that right a teacher the teacher had to teach a lesson so um we had a curriculum team that got together over the summer that did develop these these lesson plans well what we found you know as we implemented first semester was that we were too structured um that we kind of jumped around with different themes as opposed to having one theme for one month or one theme for, you know, one quarter. We had way too many themes, right, that we were trying to cover. The um, engagement that the kids had wasn't really, you know, something that they were connecting with. So um, anyway, so we learned sort of a lot about these lessons, right, and right. have now modified them, you know, a semester in after we've conducted a pretty robust uh, evaluation of the program mm -hmm. initiative. Wow. So there you go. That's cool. Um, and that's all been teacher led. I mean, I sort of, I feel like I'm orchestrating, right? Yeah. There's no way I can do all that on my own. Absolutely. And, and that's where the real power comes in is that if you can be the orchestrator, mm -hmm. um, then you can lead people to do things that are pretty amazing that they couldn't even do by themselves either. Right. Right. So, um, it sounds also like you're trying to help teachers understand that they are more than their title. And it sounds like that's how you get people to, to have the skills and strengths that they, they need is by teaching them that they're more than their title and they can do much more. Have you gotten any pushback from teachers about not about having to do too much that's not teaching yeah, yeah no question i mean i think that's a constant sort of you know complaint i think one of my areas of weakness is that i don't have a lot of sympathy for that type of sort of <laughs> you know complaining in that you know i grew up with a dad who worked you know 60 hours a week in the fields you know picking cherries picking you know walnuts you know sort of very difficult manual labor that you know provided food for what these people eat at their homes right so um you know, there's very few of them that I think that could keep up with him, right? So uh -huh. when I think of the work he did and versus the work that we do, I think we're very blessed, right, to work in an area where, you know, we have air conditioning. In most of our schools, we have heaters, you have a pension, you have good health insurance. And, you know, so when people say I'm being overworked, I think they're misusing that word because to me, overworked is working, you know, 
in 100 degree weather with pesticides all over you with you know mud on your hands mud on your feet that to me is overworked you know mm -hmm. so when somebody tells me you know that i'm thinking too hard or i have too much to do you know i don't have a lot of sympathy for that and you know it's it's an area that i need to improve on because i think some people some people are sincere right and they are overworked uh, but a pattern that you know i'm sure you observe to us at school leader is that your teachers your champions right you're sort of your your stallion teachers, your, your, you know, best teachers don't complain about being overworked. They just get things done. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, when I, what I try to do is really every time we talk as a faculty, we really, I really try to emphasize, Hey, this is what successful organizations do. This is what successful organizations, not just in education, but across, you know, many industries. This is, this is how they get work done, right? They, they work collaboratively. They have systems in place. They are able to, they understand when they fail and they under, they have, you know, systems for them to identify that failure. They are open to learning, they're learning organizations, they have constant feedback pools in there, you know. So I really try to remind them of that. I try to remind them of why we all sort of went into this profession and what, what it means to all of us. I try to, you know, use uh, different anecdotal stories to really, you know, drive the point home. And then I also use, you know, concrete empirical evidence, right, to remind them of the work that we do. And, you know, I'm, I think I'm a pretty approachable, you know, leader. And I think people, I listen to people when people are just feeling, you know, stressed out or they have too much on their plate. I, you know, I listen and, you know, I try, again, not to be to reactionary, especially mm -hmm. with my bias, right? right? About what being overworked actually means. Um, so, you know, I, it's a balancing act. Um, right now we evaluated, you know, uh, whether people were liking advisory or not, right? And I mean, I think we had over, I want to say over 85% of our teachers said, yeah, this is something that we want to do. There's some things that we need to improve, but we really mm -hmm. value this, right? And, and um, you know, that's pretty that's pretty significant data, right? That I, then I can turn around and show to them and say, look, you guys, 85% of you, 90% of you guys really agree with what we're doing. I'm listening to you and I'm hearing you out that, hey, there's some things that we've got to change, but at the core value of saying, hey, we want to have an advocate for every single one of our kids. We want every single one of our kids to be recognized by an adult in our school. Mm -hmm. uh, we're doing that. We're making that happen, right? So, um, yeah, man. So, you know, I haven't had too many people come in and sit down and say, hey, you know, this is too much. Right. You know, I hear it here, here and there, but yeah. And it sounds like you've created a way for them to, um, let those frustrations mm -hmm. and those, that feedback come back to you. Yeah. We do a lot of, we, yeah, we survey them a lot. We've had focus groups in which they've had, you know, not everybody, but teachers have had the opportunity to sit down and, you know, give us mm -hmm. their feedback. Um, and there's obviously all the informal ways, right. But right. That's great. So at the end of each interview, I ask two questions. Um, the first one is what's something that you, some advice you give a principal today so they can be a transformative principal like you that they can start doing right now? Oh gosh. Well, first of all, I'm not sure if I'm a transformative principal, you know, I'm just, from what you've said today, you are, man, I'm just a squirrel trying to find a nut, man. <laughs> um, what advice would I have to, to a principal? I, you know, I feel things that I do that help me do what I do or, you know, I do several things. First of all, I, I really try to find balance in my life. I don't let my job define me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I have, have a, you know, relatively successful family or a successful, I don't say, I shouldn't say successful <laughs> family, but successful family life, right. Where, you know, when I go home, I spend time with my kids. I connect with them, you know, I have a good relationship with my partner, with my spouse. Um, 
And uh, I think that having that balance really helps come come to this job and sort of put things in, in perspective and you don't get stressed out by the little things. You don't, you know, I think when you have balance in your life, you don't absorb other people's problems, which a lot of people try to, you know, dump on you, right? right. Uh, I, and so you sort of, you know, and perhaps people might think I'm aloof because I don't sort of, you know, go down to the, you know, at the mire, you know, and, and get caught up with people's issues. And part, part of that is just because, you know, I mean, I try to be supportive of people, but at the same time, you know, I, they're not my problems, right? They're, right. they're, you know, I feel bad and I sympathize with people, but part of that is having balance, right? I think if you don't have that balance, then you're taking your work home and you're stewing on it at two o'clock in the morning. And, um, exercise is a big deal to me, right? And, and that's a sort of a, it's a big, you know, um, and I, you know, I, I'm not super stressed out, but you know, but if probably because I do exercise, but I mean, it's just a way for me. It's something that I enjoy doing. It's something that, you know, really sort of fulfills me. Um, I read a lot, right. And, and not just, I mean, I hardly, in fact, I rarely do I read just education type, you know, content. I mean, I read, I just got done reading about, you know, a programmer who, um, lost his life and where the article asked questions about whether, you know, our, you know, uh, the loss that we have about, you know, digital freedoms and sort of, you know, mm -hmm. cost his, you know, his decision. Yeah. Uh, I read an article about, you know, President Obama and sort of his leadership style, you know, in the second term, right? Uh, I got done reading an article on the question of whether elephants have a soul. Uh, <laughs> and I'm reading an article uh, or a book on, you know, the President's Club, right? The U.S. President's Club. Uh, you know, this is just something I've read, you know, just in the last you know, week. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I keep track of that kind of stuff. Right. Because, you know, I try to say, okay, I got to read a couple of articles a week. I sort of set a goal for myself to do that. Mm -hmm. I write, you know, I uh, enjoy the writing process because I think it crystallizes your thinking and it's just, um, you know, something that I enjoy doing. Right. And those are all things that I do away from my work. Right. But I feel that all of those things sharpen my saw, if you may, um, give me perspective, give me context to, um, you know, my role as a leader. Uh, I have other hobbies, you know, well, I've kind of given you all my hobbies, but, <laughs> you know, with four little kids, that's about all I can do. Yeah, right. But, um, with, yeah. but yeah, so those, I think, I think a good principle, a transformative principle is going to have some of that. Um, I think, you know, uh, when I went to school in the East coast and I, you know, associated with some of the most successful leaders in urban uh, America, urban education, you know, my director, Arlene Ackerman, she was principal or superintendent of San Francisco School District, Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia. My mentor principal was superintendent of New York City and Miami, Dade, right? Wow. Um, so these people, you know, were really at the sort of, you know, I mean, as high as you can climb, right, in education in some ways. I mean, uh Miami-Dade had 350,000 kids, right? And wow. he was a superintendent there. Compare that to, you know, 30,000 in mm. canyons, right? I mean, we're talking total, completely different sort of yeah. realities, right? And and as these people spoke, right, who were at the tail end of their careers or at least had experienced a lot, you know, they all came back to this idea of making sure you have balance, right, and making sure that, you know, you have a, you know, a sound, you know, network, whether it's if you have a family, then your family being that, if you have a you know, loved ones, but uh, I really, I'm a firm believer in that. I think, um, I think, you know, as a, I think obviously as a, if I didn't have kids, if I, if I was single, I could probably work more hours, mm -hmm. but to me, that's not necessarily, 
I wouldn't necessarily be a better principal, right? Right. I might push paper a little faster, but yeah. I don't think I would be a better principal. Yeah. But what makes you a better principal is having the balance between every aspect of your life. Not that they're all equal. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, no, but uh, I mean, like tonight, I won't get home tonight till, you know, 10 o'clock because I'm going to a basketball game after mm. here in a little bit. So that's not balance working on I mean, I started my day at four o'clock this morning. So right. as I speak about balance, here's, you know, I'm working, gosh, what is that? 16 hours, 18 hours today. Um, but, you know, my wife and I, when we sat down and talked about this week, we had a conversation. Hey, Tuesday's going to be a bad day, mm -hmm. you know, um, and we sort of, um, yeah, so we sort of plan for those types of things. 18 hours, gosh, is that a 19? 44 is 12. Yeah. Six more to attend. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's nasty. That is nasty. <laughs> but sometimes you got to do that. But if you have balance, you can handle doing that occasionally. If you do yeah, that every day, you plan that's for it. And, yeah. So, yeah. That's, so, there you go. That's one of theirs. That's great. And also echoes what other great principals have said that they need to have balance as well. The last question is pretty easy. What's something that you have displayed here in your office that is inspiring or reminds you of? of the importance of the work you're doing. Well, my family, right? I think, you know, the way I approach my leadership is what type of school would I want for my kids, right? I mean, I, and I repeatedly, you know, ask my faculty that same question, you know, what type of what type of school, what type of teacher would you want for your grandchildren, for your own kids? Mm -hmm. And I think if we're not working to that ideal, then we're missing the point. So I think, you know, my family definitely inspires me. I mean, I think you know, if you look around my office, especially my bookshelf, mm -hmm. there's a lot of books that have influenced me, uh, more family pictures, sort of cultural heritage type things, you know, uh, great leaders who I glean from. Um, yeah, so I think it's, a, it's, you know, I think I can tell you a story about everything that's up there. That was a great interview with Fidel. He is an amazing principal, and I'm so lucky to have been able to interview him. Please share this podcast with your friends. They can listen to it on Stitcher or on iTunes. Go to transformativeprincipal.com to see all the past interviews that I've done. And please be sure to retweet and share it out with your friends on social media. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. 
Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.